أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا يسخر قوم من قوم عسى أن يكونوا خيرا منهم عسى أن يكونوا خيرا منهم ولا نساء من نساء عسى أن يكون خيرا منهم ولا تلمزوا أنفسكم ولا تنابزوا بالألقاب بئس الاسم الفسوق بعد الإيمان ومن لم يتب فأولئك هم الظالمون صدق الله العظيم As mentioned in the first lesson, first discussion of the surah that some mufassirin have titled the surah as surah al-akhlaq the surah regarding the development of a person's character, adopting the correct akhlaq. And this is the blueprint and the guidelines for maintaining the peace and harmony between people. That if people adopt whatever has been thought in the surah, then there will be that peace and harmony, whether it is in a home, whether in a family, in a community, wherever it may be. These are the things that need to be always upheld. So it started off right at the beginning with the lesson of respect. This is the most common issue where respect gets compromised and as a result of it, it starts creating problems. Then various other aspects were discussed. And in yesterday's, the ayat we discussed yesterday, the aspect of making peace, reconciling, and what a important aspect this is that was discussed. Now further Allah Ta'ala says, that O you who believe, لَا يَسْخَرْ قَوْمٌ مِّنْ قَوْمٍ عَسَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونُوا خَيْرًا مِّنْهُمْ Some people may, must not mock others, perhaps they are better than them. And then, وَلَا نِسَاءٌ مِّنْ نِسَاءٌ So first, though قَوْمٌ مِّنْ قَوْمٍ is all comprehensive, everybody is included in there, but to highlight the importance of this, Allah Ta'ala separately addresses women and says, neither should any group of women or any woman for that matter mock Another woman, perhaps those women are better than them. Now these are also things that create problems when people mock one another, belittle somebody, say something demeaning, try to make fun of somebody. So all these kind of things cause great amount of issues. Now sometimes it is done in a light-hearted manner. People say, no, we're just joking, just a light-hearted thing. But then, sometimes the light-heartedness is on one side. The person mocking is saying, I'm doing it light-heartedly, I'm doing it as a joke. But the person on the receiving end is not feeling it to be light-hearted. He's not taking it as a joke. So it's not what I feel it to be, it's what the other person is feeling it. Is he appreciating it as a joke? Is he appreciating it as a light-hearted matter and he doesn't really mind or is it hurting him? Is it causing him taklif and pain? So many a times we think what we are causing any difficulty or pain or any hurt or any offense to anybody but 
people are becoming offended, they are getting hurt. So therefore this is a very, very sensitive thing and a person rather be on the safe side. If he's not 100% sure that that relationship is of such a level that there is no offense in what he's saying and what he's saying is not really something out of line. It's not that kind of thing where he's uh, making a mockery of someone, a little bit of lightheartedness in friends, in homes, these things are not just permissible, sometimes it's a little something that within the limits, it's healthy in fact, when it is done well within the limits, and it's done in a good spirit, both parties are accepting it in that good spirit, it's not something that we think is uh, fine, it is being appreciated as a joke, but it's not that, that mustn't be the case. So then that little bit of that, like salt in the food, but salt in the food should be salt in the food. And salt in the food has its own particular quantity in proportion to the rest of that food. So now the salt that's required in the food, if there's a certain size of pot, then there'll be so much of salt in it. And now that pot requires one teaspoonful of salt. The person decides that now in this pot, that salt brought all the taste in it. That salt made it so much more palatable. That salt brought that enjoyment in it. Without the salt, it was tasteless. So now this one teaspoon salt brought so much of uh, enjoyment out of this food. And instead of one teaspoon, rather put the whole kilo inside. Because after all, without the salt, it was tasteless. And without the salt, there was no enjoyment in it. So now that one teaspoon brought so much of happiness and joy in the food. So one kilo, it will multiply that joy so much. But what happens when that one kilo goes into that salt, uh, into that food? Now you can't eat it person is putting that food out. That becomes the situation when this even, this good, what is in, done in a good spirit, that light-hearted uh, manner of sometimes just joking and so on, which is done in a manner that nobody really minds it to that limit. But when that too gets in an excess, that too goes beyond a limit, then it becomes like excess salt in the food. In itself, it was very good. In itself, it created a good feeling, it created some cheer, some happiness. All parties were actually enjoying that moment. And these things are done. The intention, Allah Ta'ala has made deen so simple, so easy for us. And our deen has so much of uh, this good in it for us. Everything has been catered for. All our needs, all our requirements have been taken care of. Even this light-heartedness, this too is something that Deen has given us the space for it. And this is the amount of prominence that this has been given. That you open the various books of Hadith, you'll find a chapter titled Kitabul Mizah. That the light-heartedness of Rasulullah From the Hadithin has given it a separate chapter. They've dedicated the chapter to it. To show that this too has a space. But... The space for that is the salt in the food. Maybe Islam's lightheartedness, there are various hadiths pertaining to it. But if one looks at the number of occasions that this happens, obviously to that extent, the salt in the food. So it freshens the mind, it makes the person a little bit more lively. So now he can attend to his responsibilities in a refreshed manner. The Purpose of these things too, if a person has the right niyat, let alone that just being permissible, he'll get rewarded for it. When it's done with the correct intention. When it is done in the manner that it's 
within the limits. Now the person is engaging in some lightheartedness, and in that he makes the niyyah that occasionally Rasulullah also engaged in some lightheartedness. And this is his niyyah behind this. It will even become that he'll get the reward of even applying the sunnah. But again, the main thing is within the limits. And then something done in a correct manner, but in beyond the excess, beyond the limit, in excess. One is that he's doing against the limit, meaning he's doing something wrong. He's saying something offensive. Something in itself, because not offensive, too, goes beyond the limit, that too become a problem. So these things are to be done within limit only, but then when it comes to mocking, belittling, Allah Ta'ala is saying, لا يشخر قوم من قوم عسى Perhaps because you don't know the outward situation of a person may seem very different to what his reality is. Once one Sahabi passed by, so Nabi Wasallam addressed the gathering of Sahaba that were present with him and they all saw who passed by and they, he asked them what you have to say about this person. So they expressed what they thought say about him, he's a very prominent person. It is very likely that if he has to propose some way, his proposal will be accepted. If he has to suggest something, his suggestion will be accepted. And likewise, these kind of things they mentioned. In any case, Nabi Wasallam heard that and left it. After a while, another person passed by. And Nabi Wasallam asked them, that, what do you have to say about this person? He's a person, if he has to say something, perhaps people won't pay attention. Because they don't take too much notice of him. And it's likely that if he has to propose somewhere, his proposal might not even be accepted. And they said some things of this nature. Not that the first person was uh, anything run down about him, or the second person. They merely saying what in among people, among in society, what position each one holds in the sight of people, how they would be generally regarded. After they had made their sort of analysis or express their feelings about how people would take to the first person, how people take to the second person, Nabi Islam then said that the whole earth filled of the first person, this person is still better. The second person who you thought that if somebody, if he has to propose somewhere, they won't even accept his proposal, he has to say something, people will hardly pay any attention, because they don't give too much regard to him. Not that people were looking down upon him, as a wrong person, as a bad person, no, no. Just that they had a far greater regard for the first person. And this person, perhaps because he might have been a very poor person, he might not have been a person who holds a lot of prominence. Now, if he said something, people didn't pay too much attention because he was very, wasn't very prominent. Not that they thought he was a bad person. And not that that person, Nabi Islam said, the whole earth full of him won't equal this person, didn't mean that he was bad either. But just that his rank couldn't reach this person's rank. This person's rank was far ahead. Now, Nabi Islam on this occasion, via Wahi, would have been informed, what is the rank of this person? What is the rank of that person? And he made that apparent as a lesson. He made that apparent, that don't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes the cover can be very misleading, meaning the cover must be right. This is also a different topic altogether, but these, these kind of uh, descriptions or statements are sometimes misused. You say, don't judge a book by the cover. So it means have any kind of cover. 
The main thing is inside. That doesn't apply also. A person when he's taking some fruit to eat, so he looks at the cover also. And that thing is stained and so on, it might be excellent inside. You say, no, this is not looking too right. Take the other one. So he doesn't just ignore the cover. The cover has to be right. But then don't judge the book by the cover in the sense that the cover is in order, but because this cover looks a little bit dull, it's not very glittery, it doesn't look very shiny, this cover seems like a very old cover, so, and this cover seems very shiny, very bright. So now, you're judging the book by the cover, that this must be a better book because it's bright, it's shining, this is very, looking very new. Don't judge the book by the cover, because the contents, what's inside, that, that is the reality. And that could be far beyond what you can imagine. Where you thought there wasn't anything much in it, could be beyond what you can imagine. So therefore, don't look down upon somebody and judge people because of what their uh, position in society is, that this person is very prominent in society and this person doesn't have that position and status in society and this person might have that position in wealth and this person doesn't have it. These are not the bases upon which these kind of judgments are made. Allah Ta'ala judges the person on his iman and his taqwa. The person who has greater taqwa, he is closer to Allah Ta'ala. He can be anybody. This aspect of mocking people, who gets into this? People who, somebody who feels himself to be better. And he feels the next person to be lower. So this is stemming from pride. And pride is an extremely dangerous, extremely disastrous, a very, very, a, a, an atom bomb, it's a cancer. It destroys a person's dunya and akhirat. So this pride is what gives rise to these kind of things. I am better, and this person is lower than me. So I can take the advantage of now ridiculing him, mocking him. This is where this stems from. And therefore, this is what has to be addressed. This pride has to be addressed. Because this is such a major problem, and this occurs whether in males, whether in females, Allah Ta'ala separately says to the woman, وَلَا نِسَاءٌ مِّن نِسَاءٍ عَسَىٰ أَن يَكُنَّ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُنْ Women should not mock one another. Allah Ta'ala knows who's who. Allah Ta'ala knows the rank of each one. Sometimes you might think somebody is nobody, but that person is far beyond you. It's far beyond what you can imagine. And really the person who truly thinks of himself as nobody, he may be somebody. And wherever there is something about I am someone, then you can be sure that we have not even started off yet. The person who thinks that I have now moved on, I am somewhere, then it means we haven't yet started, we are still nowhere. We still need to start. That is all just concepts in our mind still, but the reality hasn't come anywhere. When the reality dawns, then the person will be convinced within himself that I am nobody and nothing. But till there is still some life in that, in that ana, that I, until that is still kicking, it hasn't yet been completely been annihilated, the person will still feel within himself something that, well, I, I'm not nowhere. Yes, everybody, mashallah, is very good, but I'm also not behind. I'm also somewhere. That means that we yet haven't even started off in gaining the realities. But that at the same time doesn't mean that a person must be must now give up everything. A person must continue. He must do what his task is and carry on making the effort. 
So then Allah Ta'ala further says, وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ وَلَا تَنَابَزُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't, now what is being instructed is, don't pick out one another's faults. وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ is don't pick out one another's faults. But literally translated, literally translated, it translates as, don't pick out your faults. وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ now, who is going to pick out his own faults? Which person is going to stand up generally 99%, 99.99% of the time? You won't find anybody <coughs> who's going to be ready to stand up and say that these are all my faults. My own faults? Then my greatest fault is that I'm not perfect, that's all. That's my greatest fault. I'm not perfect. Beyond that, everything is fine. So, in other words, to maybe that's now... In the kitabs they have what is the matan, the text, then you have the hashia, the footnote. So now, I'm not perfect. If somebody had to put a footnote on that, they'll probably put, I'm just 99.99% only. There's a 0.001% that there's something short there. So that's my biggest fault only, that I'm not perfect. So nobody is prepared to stand up, or never will, nobody will stand up and say, that these are my faults. But Allah Ta'ala says, don't pick out your faults. How does this apply? That when a person is going to now start digging out somebody else's faults and start pointing out somebody else's faults, then human nature is that he's going to react in the same way. He's going to start picking your faults. Now the husband starts picking on the wife's faults. So she, 99.99% of the time, is going to do the same. She's not going to sit quietly. MashaAllah, our Islam has been made so much. And despite that, we want to do this. So her Islam is made even more. So she is there to make our Islam, so she's going to do it. So now, the person is saying something, so he's going to get back. What he's going to do, he's going to get back. So now he brought out his own faults in the open by picking on somebody else. This is the message Allah Ta'ala is giving us. That look, you're going to dig other people's faults out, remember you're digging your own faults. Because that's going to rebound on you. You are going to now bring out somebody else's weaknesses, they're going to find fault in you too. So, Al-Mu'minu Mir'atul Mu'min. We should use that to look into our own faults. That we see something, some deficiency in somebody, some weakness in someone, that should be a moment of reflection. That, well, if I notice this in my fellow Muslim, then what is in me? That is one meaning of this, Al-Mu'minu Mir'atul Mu'min, that it should make us reflect upon ourselves. And then we turn the mirror around, but with well-wishing. That a mu'min is the mirror of a mu'min. That he helps his fellow mu'min, like a mirror. A person comes, stands in front of the mirror, the mirror shows him, look, there's a problem here, sort this out, there's some dirt here. Oh, this is unkempt. So he sorts his hair out, he washes off what's something that needs to be washed off. So the mirror helped him. The mirror was an aid to him. The mirror was a well-wisher of him. The mirror showed him what needs to be sorted out. But that was a well-wisher. And the mirror didn't take any personal effect from that. The mirror didn't look down upon him. The mirror doesn't ever look down upon anyone. The mirror shows him all his faults, doesn't look down upon him. The mirror doesn't go and publicize his faults elsewhere. It just shows it to him. So a mu'min is the mirror of a mu'min. He'll be a well-wisher of him. The mirror quietly just shows him what's his problem. The mu'min will quietly, in a dignified manner, in an appropriate way, he'll help his fellow Muslims. Look, I think this, this is something you need to just look into. 
If the person is not going to be someone who's going to take that advice kindly, then we look at some other way of how to get it to him. But this should be our feeling within ourselves, for our fellow Muslim, that we should help him. So one is we use him as our mirror. That if we saw something in him, don't just dive on that. First reflect upon ourselves. He's got one fault, I've got twenty. So did I look within myself? So first and foremost we should be looking within ourselves and we should help one another. Assist one another in acts of taqwa and virtue and righteousness. So Allah Ta'ala says, Don't find fault with one another. Because you're going to find somebody else's fault, he's going to find yours, and this will escalate, and where not it goes to. All these things cause hurt. They cause offense. Insan is insan. He has emotions. One is, as we discussed, a person who has true tawazu in him. Then he'll dismiss these things easily. He's insan also. He'll feel hurt. It'll affect him too. But because of that tawazu, he'll then engage his mind correctly. And he'll dismiss it easily. He might get over it very quickly. But if that tawazu is missing, then it's going to be that it's like matches into petrol. That statement will cause an explosion. So now when we also have petrol in us, we are far from that reality of tawazu. And others also have that petrol. So why we are wanting to throw matches at others? And then they'll throw it back at us. And then what escalates to, what it gets to, so therefore Allah Ta'ala is giving us this warning beforehand that don't do this. وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ وَلَا تَنَابَزُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ Don't call each other by evil titles, by offensive titles, by titles that will be hurtful, whether it is a title of some kind of physical description, or somebody is maybe uh, of a certain physical Stature, somebody is short, somebody is tall, somebody is fat, somebody is thin. Now the person makes that a target of mockery and calls the person by some title that is meant to be demeaning. This might sound like a small thing to us, but these things are very deep. Just to quickly round off on one incident, one Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, as we have to keep reminding ourselves that we have to understand these things in the light of those details that we discussed, these were incidents that were made to happen in the time of Sahaba. So that the Ummat al-Qiyamat could learn the lesson. So once some mention came about Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha, the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu in the presence of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Now they were co-wives and the rivalry between co-wives is understood. So in that moment, in that moment, she said, who that one? And she gestured. She gestured meaning, talking about that short person, now because she was a little shorter, so now this gesture was made. It wasn't even that full statement. But by gesturing, it was obviously not meant in a positive note. So it was meant to gesture now, in a way, well, okay, that person, Nabi Salaam stopped right there and said to her that, Oh Aisha, you have such, said such a thing, you have made such a statement, in other words, the pollution of the statement is so severe, that if it is put into the ocean, it will pollute the whole ocean. That if this could be, so to say, for our understanding, supposing that statement could be uh, in some way crystallized and maybe formed into a liquid, supposing that statement could be turned into a liquid, how much that one statement, how much of 
how many milliliters of liquid will come out of that statement, so to say? So it'll be barely a couple of milliliters, five milliliters. Now take that five milliliters, supposing now you have a poison, five milliliters of poison. Now five milliliters of poison and you put it into a tank of water, five thousand liters. Now that five milliliters and five thousand liters will get so dispersed in it, there won't be any effect of the poison left. Nabi Islam is saying, this poison is so poisonous and the pollution of it is so severe, you take this five milliliters and put it into the ocean. The entire ocean will become polluted. Now, can we imagine our statements? How polluted our statements are? This was the message that Nabi Islam gave the Ummad. Now, this is a thing to consider. Now, sometimes there is this misery, there is this ill feelings, there's all kinds of things, but we don't consider where it came from. Whether in our homes, wherever it is, we are making such polluted statements all the time, such poisonous things we are saying, which cause so much of pollution and poison in the heart of the next person. Now we still are waiting for that good feelings, we are still waiting for that muhabbat, we are waiting for that peace, we are waiting for that harmony. Now this is ikhialas to mahalas to juno. We are planting the most severe thorns, we are waiting for the best flowers to grow out of that thorn. The, the most terrible weeds we are planting, and we are waiting for the best roses to grow. Where well, that's going to happen, that is a completely just imagination, and it won't even happen in a person's imagination too. So this is the lesson that we have been given, this akhlaq has to be developed, this is the prescription for the peace, that harmony, that muhabbat, the prescription for our good of dunya, and our good of akhirat as well. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Subhanallah.